Hey, this is Alessio coming at you live before the episode. Just to say, if you enjoy the show, you should consider sharing with your friends. Um, it could be a tweet. It could be a Facebook. It could be a love note. It could be a light triple tap toe touch under the bathroom stall. Um, either way, help spread the word. And if you don't like talking to other people, but you'd much rather just give us $2 and get a whole new podcast for the price of $2, um, consider going to patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. Thanks, guys. Mr. Bond, it is such a pleasure to see you this afternoon. Welcome to Istanbul. Well, I wouldn't have been here if it weren't for your expert driver, Karim. That expert driver was none other than my son, Mr. Bond. Oh, then give him my compliments. He can handle my curves any day. Oh, ho, ho, no, you know nothing. You just wait until you've met my masseuse son, Mr. Bond. He really knows his curves. But can he handle a drink order? Well, not like our waitstaff here, certainly not. The, de- the gentleman just outside served me the finest macchiato I've ever tasted. Of course he did. That is my barista, son. And that porcelain cup that I drank from? My artisanal, son, yes. The security detail? All three my sons. Well, who the H isn't your son, old chap? <laughs> Golly. Many of my sons work internationally as well. Even... At MI6? I believe you are coming around towards what I am hinting at, son. Son of a... You will not speak of your mother in this way! Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode number 88 of Metal Gear Mondays, the Games Club podcast where we tackle all things Metal Gear from top to bottom, left to right, inside and out in pseudo-historical chronological order. As always, I am one of Kareem's sons and your host, Alessia Summerfield, and today I'm joined by Uh, Kareem's son, Isaac very nice, very nice, and that is it. That's all we got for. Yeah, that's that's it. Like, <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's just welcome to Alessio and Isaac, the show. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this might be the first time in the history of the podcast that it's just been specifically this combination of people. Yes, I think we. I think we have to hit every single combination, and this was like one of the oh, last yeah. few. For sure, like I know Sam, <clears throat> Sam and myself have been on the show together uh, solo. Uh, Cameron and I, I think, together did the uh, Ghost Babble uh, yes. Game Boy episode. Yep. Um, and just, yeah, we've had weird combinations of folks. Shit, I think at one point it was just me and James. <laughs> like, it's me explaining Metal Gear to James for one random episode. And I feel like, was is this the case? It was an episode with just you? Or has uh, it always been? Maybe. I think there have been a couple updates where I've been, like, doing quick 15-minute which I don't even think are on the feed anymore. But I think there have been a couple, like, really quick, like, hey, everybody's dying. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let, let's run through it real quick. So, Isaac, you're per, you're perfect perfect bill of health. You're, oh, you're, yes. you're, you're fine. For now. Um, J- James has a stomach bug. Um, Sam, unfortunately, is attending the funeral of a family member. Um, and I have both a sinus infection and an ear infection simultaneously. Oh. So, uh 
Yeah, that is the state of Metal Gear Monday's <laughs> cast and crew. You're killing us. Um, You're all yeah, killing us. Yeah, it's crazy. Us. I don't know what happened. I hope I feel better soon because I've got to yeah. travel in two weeks. Oh, dang. But we'll get there. Um, yeah, I guess there's no Sam here, so this feels weird. Uh, let's go <laughs> ahead and cue the news, I guess. <laughs> it's time for news, 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 Metal Gear News. Yeah! Look at that magic. Oh, boy. Nobody needs Sam, right? <clears throat> get that out of here. Sorry, Sam. We love you. Yeah, we Be love you to death. Soon. We need you. We need you back as soon as possible. Um, yeah. So let's talk about this news real quick. So, uh, kind of light. We are. Chances are, more than likely, you will have heard the emergency episode on the Game Awards before you would have heard this episode. Um, so, if not, you should go back and listen to that because chronologically. Uh, this is the night of the Game Awards. We are recording this as of December the 6th. That is your news day for today. Um, hopefully some crazy stuff happens at the Game Awards. We'll try not to speculate here. We'll <laughs> save that for the, the Game Awards episode. Um, but uh, but the two news items that I have today are uh, the, the MGS movie director... Uh, I don't know what to say here. The fella who wants to be the MGS movie oh, director, who I think has neither been 100% fully confirmed nor denied, uh, Jordan Vote roberts uh, apparently just released 15 hours ago, based on my s- sleuthing, uh, a PUBG short film that he did. It's like uh, Player Unknown... Player Unknown's Battlegrounds in real life, Is and it, it looks it's it's pretty good. Have you seen it? Um, I pulled it up and watched. I believe it's on. Uh, I believe it's on YouTube. Oh, but I pulled it up and watched a good chunk of it. I'm not sure. Let me double check real quick. I want to see what the final runtime is on this. It's essentially a trailer, but it's being kind of billed as a short film because it's sort of like short, bigger than. Um, it is specifically for the PS4 version of PUBG, and it's like three minutes essentially. Hmm. Um, it's pretty good. I can link to it on Facebook or Twitter after we record, so you guys should check it out that way. Um, so far, the response has been fairly positive. People are pretty excited. I think people are super excited to play this on the PS4. Um, oddly enough, I guess it's rated teen on the PlayStation 4. Oh, that's odd. But, yeah, I, I guess it yeah. might, Actually, must be teen for the only. Xbox now. I haven't played it at all. Oh, I really enjoy PUBG. For any, you should yeah. uh, you should you should check it out. It's a it's a scary time. Is it? It's very it's very dramatic. Oh. You're just terrified the whole time. Sounds like my kind of fun. Maybe we could do a patron club on battle royale games, Ooh. considering that Counter Strike Global Offensive just released a free uh, battle royale variant, yeah. and it seems like everybody is, including Red Dead. So, oh. who knows? So um, you said that. This Jordan fella isn't confirmed. I I'm not quite sure. So like, let's the only way that I can confirm it is let's check on the IMDb. Because um, um, I feel like he's been posting he's been a- way yeah. too much to not be. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I don't. I don't. I think he's just trying to show that he's like passionate about it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if he's like... He just stole all Yeah, these. So, so if you go to IMDb, it says director Jordan Vogt Roberts rumored. Rumored. Oh. 
Yeah, in parentheses, rumored. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming that the guy just really wants the job, and so he's just trying to get the entire internet to uh, be on his side. <laughs> um, but that's just me. Love it. So I don't. I don't know. But yeah, um, let's talk about the other uh, tangential Metal Gear news. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate releases tonight at midnight. That game is going to star Solid Snake. It's bringing back the Shadow Moses level from uh, Brawl, mm. and uh, there are going to be a ton of these like spirit kind of collectible sticker characters that kind of enhance your fighter that you get through like an RPG single player mode. That's apparently like based on a review I read, like twenty hours long. Jeez. Um, but that includes spirit character versions of Ocelot, Miller, and based on the video that I saw, uh, it looks like there might even be some Snatcher characters um, in the mix. So, who knows? Is the um, um, hmm. the campaign, is that like the other campaign, uh, the other Smash game? Campaign? Yeah, like there's like a, there's like a single player, yeah. uh, like RPG kind of thing. It's kind of like that... Um, what the hell is it called? Uh, Space Emissary from Brawl. Where it kind of like runs you through a bunch of like what if scenarios right. oh, and okay. stuff like that. And there's I like cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, I gotcha. But yeah, um, it looks pretty cool. Um, all the reviews have been hyper positive. I am broke as hell <laughs> right now. So I'm more than likely not going to be buying it um, at release. But I do want to play it. And we all have switches on this show now. So I think we could all very easily play, play with each other. That's true. Um, for sure. For the um the uh is the online still kind of wonky? Um I think based on the way that the online play seems to be set up, you have to have the Switch online uh monthly thing or whatever like the 199 a month. Yeah, service. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard any discussion of the online. All the reviews I read today were kind of talking about playing the game offline. Um so I don't know if anybody's actually tackled the uh online play within their review of the game and i think hmm. uh, over lunch i watched destructoid ign and kotaku's video reviews and uh based on what i read i don't think anybody explicitly talked about the multiplayer hmm. well uh which is now seeming to be uh something of importance that they probably should have <laughs> talked about well um by so, the time this episode gets released uh <laughs> Some listeners oh, yeah. should have played it, so you guys should uh, let us know. Oh yeah, because I don't Look think Isaac, except for maybe Sam and James, I don't think you, any of us are gonna be able to play it for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Much. I mean, unless I uh, trade in Red Dead, <laughs> turn around and like trade in some stuff. I mean, I'm probably not gonna trade in Red Dead, but uh, if I trade in some stuff, I'll probably end up playing it. But I don't really think I will. So kind of down to my. Bare essentials. Mm-hmm. You know what you should do? What should I do? Should I put said. that on your Christmas list. Get Santa Whoa. to get that for you. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is the sound of me putting it on my Christmas this list. This is it right here. And there it is. Very nice. Isaac, are you excited to talk about 1960s James Bond films with me this week? Uh yeah, I, why I hope I that you are. <laughs> it's just me and you, buddy. I we're hope coming at you from Russia with, with love. love. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 
Oh man, I hope the uh, I hope all all the uh, listeners are are ready for this one. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a- it's uh yeah. Uh, before before we get into it, um, what is your experience with James Bond, Isaac? Um, zero experience actually, which is which is surprised first ever James Bond everybody, film? huh? Is this your first ever James Bond first film? ever James even like the Whoa. new James Bonds I've never seen Whoa! is that crazy that is wild yeah so you want to hear crazy part two Hit me couple a uh, couple months ago now I guess um, I was perusing goodwill um, right down the road and I looked down and there's just, um it's the uh full box set James Bond that contains every single James Bond movie on DVD on, D- or on Blu-ray, Blu-ray. Or, uh, on Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah. I got it for at the Goodwill <laughs> sealed, completely sealed. I got what? it What? Yeah, yeah. I got it for $12. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, "What is happening?" I'm so mad right now and happy for you. The, uh, what the hell? The same trip, I found a um, an old uh, Nintendo uh, NES for like ten dollars. So I was what like, "What is going on?" <laughs> it was the so just just for you to know. Is it the uh, white box? The twenty four? Uh, no, it's the black box. Films, or is it a black box? Oh my god! It's and the, it's Blu rays. And it's the Blu rays. Yeah. Wait, is it the one with the blue in the middle or the white circles? It's the one. Let me see, James Bond. Because there is, I'm looking here, and there is a Blu-ray collection for a hundred and sixteen dollars. Whoa. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, that was loud. Um, it's the Bond fifty. Bond fifty. Oh, I'm at, that is a two hundred and fifty dollar Blu-ray collection. Is it really? What in the hell? <laughs> Are you serious right now, Isaac? I don't even. I'm so mad. <laughs> no, trust me. Like everybody wow. I talked to was had the same reaction because I told them, like I told you, I had never seen a Bond film. I well, now you can watch them all. I know that's why. That's what I'm like. I'm like the perfect recipient to receive it because <laughs> now I can. Enjoy all what thirty five or twenty or uh, twenty three films. I think it's twenty five, including uh, twenty four, including the new one. Yeah. So um, look at you. <laughs> I was pretty excited. That's crazy. Yeah, James Bond, the James Bond God, the Bond God, the Bond God uh, bestowed upon you a gift, a lovely it, yeah. treat. Um, that's it's, wild. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I, my. So you haven't been exposed to any of the video games either. Like you've never played GoldenEye or anything. I like played GoldenEye. I never. So back in the day, I never had those systems or whatever. So I would just play them at friends' house. But that was the extent of my um, experience with those games. I never played a Bond game on. Do they have it for like the PS2? I don't know. Yeah, I think they had a couple games. It was like Nightfire and some stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I think there's actually there was a From Russia with Love video game adaptation oh. on the PS2, but, yeah. I think. How does that play? How would that play? I'm trying to understand that. Like a From Russia with Love. I don't I'm not quite sure. I think it was a third person action game. Um Yeah, so it was for the PS2 and the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, it just looks like a third person shooter that 
based on what I'm looking at, doesn't really even have too many set pieces from the actual film in it. Yeah. Because, like, spoiler alert, most of this movie is just people sitting around and talking. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm like, I don't that's know how it would play much out the whole as a film. game. Yeah, they would have to show, like, I'm looking at a still from this, and, like, it's Sean Connery fighting a helicopter at a restaurant. <laughs> like, that didn't happen. Like, what the hell is this? Oh, that's good. So, yeah, yeah I I don't know. I'd hmm. be curious. What about you? There's also him with a jetpack flying around London. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> What's happening? What the hell is that? Um, but yeah, so uh, we're not talking about the PS2 game. So let me. I will. I will give you my spiel. Yeah, let's hear. <clears throat> um, many, many, many a holiday I've spent with my whenever I was younger with my father's family, my grandparents on my dad's side. Excuse me for that yawn. Um, and uh, we would watch things like. Um, the Twilight Zone or any sort of marathon oh, right, shows or right. movies that were on, um, and so I've seen a, a handful of like Roger Moore, and I saw the original Doctor No, um, with Sean Connery, um, and then I think that's about it. I've only seen like two Roger Moore films in the Sean Connery movie, maybe. Um, I've probably seen more than those from those sort of rerun back to back marathons, but I, I can't recall i actually can't think of any plot points whatsoever other than knowing that sean connery was on a beach in dr no (laughs) um but the this is probably gonna piss some people off if they're big james bond fans the movies that i've spent the most time with that are james bond affiliated would have to be like goldeneye and tomorrow never dies so Mm -hmm. the two pierce brosnan films which Um, i mean it makes sense for your like how old you are your age and yeah because that was Um, the guy yeah, and I did. I did see bits and pieces of the one with Halle Berry, um, of course, which I cannot remember the name of. I think it's Never Something. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Never stop sneaking. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but outside of that, um, I believe I told maybe it was on the Patreon Club, so I'll, I'll, I'll rehash it real quick. Whenever I worked at the movie theater, Casino Royale was still in vogue and um, was still running, and so um, there were, I believe, I was fifteen or sixteen whenever I started working in the movie theater. Um, I spent a couple months as like a doorman doing like cleanup of the theaters between showings. Um, and so I got to see the last like 10 to 15 minutes of Casino Royale probably like 30 <laughs> times. Uh, but I've never seen the whole film. It seems it seemed cool on the 15 minutes that I saw. Wait, the the theme song is amazing. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> oh I, don't, I don't know what it is about I'm not going to pull out my soapbox or anything, but I don't know what it is about uh, franchise movies. I just don't really have – right. like unless I was there when it started, I don't really have a lot of buy-in, mm. like cultural cachet with any yeah. of it. I'm kind of the same way. Um, like I had never – I had always heard that the Bond movies were good or decent. Um, it's the highest meta – this movie is the highest Metacritic score of the movies that we've covered for the show, I think. Oh, dang. So yeah, I but believe. What for whatever reason, like you, I, I never really got drawn to watch these. Want to watch these films, even like the the, mo- the more recent ones with uh, Daniel Craig. Just seemed yeah. I think this is uh, for record. This is the only Bond film I've ever purchased with my money. Was I bought a Blu-ray of this to watch for this show? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I uh, it's wild. It's super weird because it's like such a big. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not either, maybe it's only just like with a certain group of people, but I feel like, 
I feel like James Bond has a reserved parking spot in the front row of like cultural cachet films. Um, And yet at the same time, I feel like it's usually dudes between 30 and 50 that I encounter that are really into this. Yeah, I could see that. I wonder 30 to 50, maybe even 60. I wonder yeah, which... like I don't, I don't run into a lot of women that are like, "Oh my god, I love James Bond," yeah. or like sixteen-year-olds that are like, "Holy shit, did you check out <laughs> the new James Bond film?" Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I feel like it doesn't really come up often. And I think we kind of we can get into it, but I think we can kind of assume why, based on oh, totally, you know. based on some shit that happens in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will say I expected this film to be less of that chill than it was. Uh, I expected it to be more crazy. Actually, mm. like to me, there are maybe like one or two little problematic spots which aren't too different from like uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." Maybe right. you know what I mean. Um, like I was surprised. Like having seen Doctor No, where. Uh, Sean Connery just straight like backhands a woman <laughs> across the face, and he does like spoiler he he does check that box in this movie <laughs> yeah, as well. I, was about to say. Um, I just feel like it seemed I don't know I don't know we'll get into it, uh, right. but yes I do I do think that the James Bond character is slightly problematic, uh, yeah. oh, slightly sure. in air quotes. He's a very problematic character. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully you did not come here to uh, listen to us defend james bond as a as an idea and you came here to just listen to your friends uh do their quick uh their quick review of james bond but that's that's what we're doing a little spiel if you will oh man Um, yeah so let's uh by the way yeah die another day Uh was the halle berry film die another day that's right every time i hear halle berry's name i legitimately can't not hear that song halle berry oh gosh (laughs) Uh, I don't remember who does it oh, for reference. Crap. Oh, it's Hurricane Chris. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Let me date the shit out of myself real quick. You know, that Hurricane Chris track. Of course, of course. Thumping so hard. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so, um, hopefully all of my disgusting sniffling sounds are not coming across on the microphone. Um, oh, let's talk are. a little bit about the development. Uh, rather, I think we're using the word development as sort of an umbrella. Let's talk about uh, the logistics of this movie, the existence of this movie, kind of what it did and why. Um, so this is kind of nuts. This is probably the lowest budget movie that we've talked about on the show so far. Uh, it's a two million dollar budget. Hmm. Granted, with inflation, I don't know, Isaac, if you uh have an inflation calculator handy. Let me pull my inflation uh, that, calculator out <laughs> my back pocket. <laughs> Yeah, it starts out very small, but then the calculator gets quite large while you're using it. <laughs> Wait, what year was this? Um, 1963? This is 1963. That was the release date, so it was probably in production between like 61 and 62. Right, we'll just do that. Um, the film grossed like about 25 million in the U.S. and about 54.1 million worldwide. Wow. Which, uh, based on kind of the things lie, that we've. Actually previously talked about it. it's actually pretty good so um i got an error <laughs> whoa uh i don't know what that means all right let's try uh, this again 
Let's do it. All right. It was around roughly sixteen and a half million. Wow. So So it is probably one of the higher budget things. <laughs> uh next to Terminator two was what, like something crazy, it wasn't was, it? It was like fifty million. Was it fifty? Holy crazy. crap. No, it was like twenty five. I, I thought it was twenty five too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, but pretty good return, if I say so myself. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the film was produced primarily by Eon Productions, distributed based on my Blu-ray by MGM. Um, I don't know if uh, that's us, by the way. I don't know if your uh, Blu-ray box is somebody else, Isaac. I, um, uh, I mean, I can go run down and look, but I don't. Yeah, I would assume <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Richard Maybaum. That was the screenplay, Maybaum. and uh, Johanna Johanna Harwood did the adaptation. Um, the primary principle of James Bond is that it is all based on Ian Fleming's novels, like pulp novels. Um, so all of these are technically adapted. I don't know how many Ian Fleming books there are. Um, but I do know based on where we're at now with Spectre and everything like that, I think we're up to something like uh, 24, 25. 23 or 24, yeah. Yeah. Um, but James Bond right now, it's looking, I cannot get, there's actually not that many. Interesting. What? Interesting. Books? I would actually say that they've already done all of the books. Oh. Yeah, like they already did all the books, and I would even say that they've already done like most of the short stories. Huh. Just based on title alone, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, the Band with the Golden Gun is the last story in the chronology based on this. That you know? he did? Oh, okay. Interesting. Four, five. Uh, yeah, there's only like named less than 20. Yeah, a fella named John Gardner apparently revived these series with new novels after the fact. Um, and there's a bunch of these, none of which... I guess Goldeneye is based off of... Uh, Goldeneye is based off of one of these guys, uh, one of John Gardner's books, not Ian Fleming. Um, but I don't think any of the other ones are. Uh, License to Kill and Goldeneye... Uh, are both based on his books. Fun fact. Or I guess no, these are these are novelizations that he did of the of the movie. That's weird. Here's a fun fact. Ian yeah. Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Another interesting adapted movie. Another classic. <laughs> classic. Uh Double this class. film was directed by Terence Young. Um Terence Young is also known for such great films as um Dr. No, Thunderball, uh, a bunch of other James Bond films, I guess. Um, a bunch of very, very, very generically titled movies such as Safari, <laughs> Tank Force, That Lady, The Frightened Bride, Woman Hater, and The Poppy is also a flower. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. It was a simpler time, you know. Yeah, right? Back in the day when this movie is just simply called movie. (laughs) Um, It was produced by uh, three, four men. Uh, Albert, I'm not even kidding here, Albert Broccoli, (laughs) uh, John Lowry, uh, who did the digital restoration as well, Um, Harry Saltzman, and an uncredited associate producer named Stanley Sopel. I'm sorry, Stanley. 
Um, here's the, uh, I'll hit you with the log line. Uh, James Bond willingly falls into an assassination ploy involving a naive Russian beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by Spectre. Oh, boy. That's a... That's a very dense single sentence. Kind of. If I had to, like, there's a lot happening in this sentence. Yeah, they kind of threw um, in a lot of uh, adjectives and stuff that, like, a naive Russian beauty. Yeah, hmm. it'll be interesting. We can we'll dissect that log. <laughs> we'll line go. We'll go word for word. Completion. Yeah. Um. So the meta score for the film, as I mentioned before, is 85. I cannot recall. I think if I had to put money on one of one of the films that we covered before beating this film out on meta score, it'd probably be Terminator 2, which for some reason I'm feeling in my body is a 91. Whoa. Just at random. <laughs> I have Whoa. nothing to go off of, but I just feel like I feel like T2 is probably a 91 on meta score. Um, I feel it in IMDb my body. IMDb score. <laughs> IMDb score for from Russia with Love was a 7.5 out of 10. That was out of like. Uh. dozens of thousands of reviews um it is the 2245th most popular film on imdb it's pretty impressive it is starring sean connery robert shaw lot lenya and then uh we can't not talk about uh the buxom beauty herself who for whatever reason isn't showing up on the top billings for this when i think she was probably one of the better actresses in the film uh, her name is Daniela Bianchi, which is weird. She plays a Russian, but she's super fucking Italian, <laughs> like ultra Italian. Like I think she was literally like the daughter of some famous Italian uh, political candidate at the time, apparently. Bianchi, if you uh, will. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the last line of the film, as I typically throw at the bottom of these notes, uh, we talked about it on the last one uh, with Escape from L.A., was... <laughs> Welcome to the human race. <laughs> uh, this one is just, uh, I'll show you. Um, and we'll talk about the risqueness of that line. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, Isaac, let's break down this log line. Let's uh, word for word here. All right, All right. so James. <laughs> James. Where have we heard that name before? Where have we heard that name before? There, I feel like there's a fella who's on this show sometimes who has that name. There I is. He goes by Jimmy Dustin. sometimes, but James... <laughs> Um, we got James. We got Bond. Bond. So James Bond, we're there. Okay, we get it. Okay, that's his name. That's his full name, James Bond. Yep, James Bond. Um, which uh, I don't know if you know this, Isaac, because of your lack of James Bond uh, knowledge. People have been going back and forth for years, nigh on decades, <laughs> determining whether or not James Bond is a code name or an actual name. Oh. See, I was under the impression that it was like a code name. That's why they're they can have multiple people be James Bond. Yeah, so so Double O Seven is the code name, but apparently in one of the James Bond films, you see the tombstone of James Bond's family, and their last name is in fact Bond. Oh, so that was foiled. Well, dang. Um, whether or not people whether or not people believe it, I think is kind of up to the individual. Right. But a lot of people kind of point to that as like, hey. Shut up already. <laughs> You're wrong. Um, but yeah, so here we, the next word is willingly. James <laughs> Bond willingly falls into an assassination ploy. But I don't know. I don't know. So he, uh, James Bond is aware that something is up. Right. I don't know why I would say that he willingly falls into an assassination ploy. Exactly, yeah. I don't think he knows that his life is on the line. I mean, granted, he's a special agent. His life is always on the line. 
Yeah, I think uh, when it says willingly falls, it's when he realizes it at the last second. He's like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say at the beginning, they did say, hey, we received a letter from a woman working at the Russian embassy yeah. in Istanbul. She wants to talk to you. And so, like, at the very beginning, they're like, this is clearly a trap. And he's like, yeah, it is. I got to meet that girl. Um, which is very, very loose plot, in my opinion. Uh, a little uh, bit. Why do you want to meet this girl? I just want to meet her. Oh, you know um, why you wanted to meet her. And she's the naive Russian beauty that is also in this uh, log line. Yeah. Um, I, I think naive is probably the best way to frame it, though, because I don't think she quite understands the, the gist of what's happening here. Is um, she um, – maybe I didn't catch this, but um, does she have any other role in this organization other than being like just some um, uh, deviation or like, what do you call like it? Distraction? Yeah, so essentially I think she was just like it uh, – she's involved somehow in the administration of this device, this uh, – I cannot remember what they were calling oh, it. Oh, what the, was it uh, called? Um, the uh, – <laughs> Crap. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, well, it's also in the log line here, the Soviet encryption device. Um, but they had a specific word they were using for it. Um, it had a name. Ah, oh, what was it called? I think it was the – oh, man. We are clearly doing our homework. I think it was the – It's like on the oh, tip man. of my tongue. Uh, yeah, it's like on the on the point of my brain. Uh, do, do, do. What was it called? We'll get it. Lecter. Well, yeah, there we go. It was the Lecter. <laughs> it was the Lecter. Um, but I think she was involved somehow in sort of the, the sort of – maintenance and upkeep of this lector oh. uh seemed like i don't want to use the word administration administrative assistant because i don't want to assume she was just a secretary yeah um but she was involved with this embassy this russian embassy in istanbul somehow um a majority of this log line seems to store the packing punch at the end of the sentence with the inclusion of the word specter in all capital letters um I'm going to be totally real with you. Other than this film Spectre, this most recent James Bond film being sort of the origin story of what many have called James Bond's nemesis organization, um, I had no idea that James Bond had like the anti-MI6 in yeah. in its canon. I didn't know this was a thing until this movie. Hey, I didn't either. <laughs> it's a first for all of us. Yeah, and so to me it was kind of weird because I always assumed every James Bond film sort of stood alone. Um, this one very clearly kind of assumes that you've watched at least some of the other ones, I'd assume. Yeah. Because um, there's direct reference to Dr. No being killed and direct reference to Sean Connery being James Bond before. Mm -hmm. um, do you think, so yeah, this is sort of like a direct sequel. Do you think maybe like um, when they, had, they group the – different james bonds maybe those are all linked together oh like each within their own canon yeah probably because i, I probably. couldn't imagine like the the craig um daniel craig bond being in the same lieu of like the sean connery bond yeah i don't think so like i know that essentially the um the fellow with the ring who we never see his face, the yeah. uh, sort of Dr. Claw of the Spectre organization. The cat petter. Um Yeah, I don't want to say – I don't want to say who, 
but somebody within the film Spectre, it's supposed to be sort of their origin story of becoming that guy. Um, oh. But I think that's probably in like a loose sort of way. Um, I doubt it's anything like the uh, – I don't know. I doubt it's anything as impactful as what we saw with the Star Trek films where they tried to like reboot the entire canon um, from like a weird time travel standpoint or whatever. Those are kind of weird. That's another yeah, one I've only I could seen never the first one of those. Star Trek. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. You've only seen the first of those. That's pretty <laughs> good. Uh but yeah. So let's talk about the let's talk about the film film. Like the film proper. Alright, let's do um, So uh, we get uh, – I was really caught off guard that this film just opened with that classic intro almost like with no fanfare whatsoever. Like it was yeah. just sort of like a, here are the white dots, the little – and then it stops in the center and then the guy comes out and just shoots us. And it all happened like within 10 seconds. I was like, yeah. oh my god, okay, <laughs> we're in, I guess. Um, there was like no credits, no nothing. It was just like pop, pop, pop. And uh, – we're introduced to this like nighttime courtyard situation where like Sean Connery's sneaking around this hedge maze in the middle of this like big ass facility. It looks like a beautiful estate, and he's clearly being followed by a blonde man. Um, and the two are kind of dancing around each other. Little cat and um, mouse. Yeah, a little cat and mouse situation, and then eventually Bond gets grabbed by this guy, um, and killed. And, and that's Bond the movie. Just dies, and that's it. Um, and then the lights come on and it's this organization that clearly they've been training people to kill bond i can't remember what the line is i think it's something along the lines of like uh exactly one minute and 52 seconds that's excellent (laughs) um and uh then they pull a mask off like a bad rubber mask off of a normal man who just got murdered pretending to be james bond which Um, i so i don't understand like why do you have to go to the extent of killing these guys (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, and it's not in the in just like a a it's a slow death. In this, they're trying to show case. how bloodthirsty they are. I Isaac, guess. come on! But he uses that that crazy um, his little watch, his little watch, gar- garrot wire. Yeah. It's got like a um, a chain attached to it, and he like goes. A, it's like a piano wire. Oh yeah, that, that's like a better, sort of very thin. And he chokes this yeah. guy to death. Yeah, he just murders this man, and then in the in the in the following subsequent shot, it's like, "Hey, it was very clearly Sean Connery, but now it's just a man with a plastic mask and a family, and a family, <laughs> and a job, and a dog, <laughs> and now an afterlife." Um, but yeah, I uh, initial thoughts here. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but somebody clearly hates James Bond, right? Um. And then the actual intro begins. How did you feel about this? Because I think I might be a little torn here. Yeah. Um, I loved this intro sequence. Uh, essentially, it's a series of like light projections mm-hmm. on female dancers' bodies. Yeah. 
Um, and I loved the projections and the colors and the way that their arms and stuff would kind of like warp the names. Yep. Um, but very much felt uncomfortable with the fact that I really enjoyed this <laughs> because there are quite a few projections where it's just projected onto a, a woman's breasts while she's just like wiggling <laughs> them and like motorboating nothing. Um, yeah. And it feels a it feels a little a little gross. Um, I, I but at the same time I, like. I don't. I don't know. How did, how did I thought it was. Um, I actually was really okay. Based on my history in the of the show recently. Oh no! <laughs> don't please don't take this the wrong way, people. <laughs> but I felt very. Um, um, what's the word? Uh, not enthralled, but just kind of like captivated by the way that they yeah. did the 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 credits. Because it looked like maybe it was done after, like they shot the scenes and then they had some sort of weird, crazy effects. But then, because it was so clean, like the the words were so clean, um, but just the way that the words waved, I guess, or um, uh, warped to their bodies. I know that's going to sound really bad. But like I don't know, it just looked really cool and artistic. I mean, that's, that's what happened. Yeah, I liked it. I think. Well, and so I'm a little. I'm at a. I'm at a little bit of a crossroads because yeah. I think that there is, there is such a thing that can exist, which is like art being created specifically to be erotic. Right. Um, and so I do think that there is some like eroticism here, and there is some playfulness even with the dancers um, that they filmed. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like the fact that we never see this woman's face um almost explicitly objectifies her body because it's just a, a female human body mm-hmm. with like no human attached to it by cutting her head off and us never seeing the head. Yeah. Um but at the same time, like it kind of plays into the whole like oh, it's a spy and like whatever um sort of stereotypes of like Oh, like women and allure and like, I don't know, paranoia and like sexiness and, yeah. and all this stuff. So like, I don't know. It's weird. I feel a little conflicted because I think the sequence itself is artistically artistically really cool. And I think people should be able to express themselves with their bodies however they please. There's nothing like the dance is sexual and it sort of echoes like a belly dance that's going to happen later in the film. Um, so we kind of start that here. Um but like nobody's like touching this woman's body or anything like that. So I don't yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's gross. I just think whether or not it's effective probably depends on the audience. Yeah, I sense. think for me it was more of like a um it was trying to evoke some atmosphere or environment that it wanted the audience to get sucked into. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of where I was at. I was like, "Oh, what kind of stuff is going to happen based on this uh, title sequence? Sexy stuff. Sexy kind stuff. Of stuff. But oh, yeah. it was kind of cool because, like, the dancer was would, like, play with the words and the way the light bounced off, like, her fingers or her arm. And she would, like, move her arm mm-hmm. and and watch the – and you would watch the, the, the name just kind of, like, bounce around on her arm. I thought that was really cool, mm-hmm. but – no, I, I thought so too. 
that was our tight five minutes on boom <laughs> uh, on this woman's <laughs> dancing body um i really but yeah it. no yeah i thought i thought it was cool it definitely gets us off to like an interesting start um but uh right after this we start out we're in venice um and there's a huge chess match going on and we see essentially this man, uh, this smoking man, I think is the best way to describe him because he shows back up later. Um, and it wasn't until he, he lit a cigarette that I was like, oh, it's the same guy. Um, this smoking man beats an opponent in chess and then leaves. And later on, we are in a boat um, that is sort of like a like a an anchored yacht. Um, and there is this Russian... I believe she's supposed to be Russian, right? This Russian woman, uh, the woman who gives Tatiana her orders. She's Russian, I right? I can't really yeah, yeah, yeah. pinpoint her. I think she is. I think she is because that's why Tatiana doesn't understand that it's a specter thing. She thinks it's just like a general mm-hmm. like Russian government thing. Um, but anyway, so that we've got this Russian woman speaking with the, the previously mentioned hand petting the cat sticking out of the chair we never see this man's body uh, but he's wearing this ring and then later on the uh the chess winner walks in and reveals himself to be number five um of specter and i believe the russian woman is number three yeah um and they establish that they're out for revenge due to dr no's death in the uh f- original film with sean connery so there is that going on so i guess um, that was where i didn't understand this is this is where i felt like I was like, am I not understanding this movie? The correct right? audience for this? Yeah, because yeah. like I didn't understand what they were talking about here. So Yeah, so I've seen I've seen I've it's funny that this movie was explicitly a sequel to uh Doctor No, because that is the one movie that I probably have the most memory of <laughs> yeah. of James Bond. Um and so effectively uh Sean Connery's character had this Within the first film, there's this whole back and forth with this guy who owns this island, um, and his name is Dr. No, and uh, he's sort of the big villain of the film, and James Bond eventually has to kill him. Um, and so that is what this is sort of in reference to, is like they're like lamenting the fact that Dr. No passed away, um, and they're like out for revenge. Um, so that's sort of the gist of why Spectre's doing what they're doing. Um, then they take us to Spectre Island. Um, and I believe that this is – yeah, so this is the moment in which they kind of tour that facility from the beginning of the film mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. during the daylight, and we see the training. Isaac, how would you describe this training regimen? I saw the same shot used multiple times, or rather like they, they, they revealed something out of sequence, which I thought was interesting. Oh, really? So I'll, I'll, ta- I'll talk about that, but I wanted to get your quick over-under on uh, – <laughs> On what's going on on this island? Um, well, it's hard to say for sure, for certain. Um, it seems like a bunch of angry, sweaty dudes just shooting at targets. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they're shooting <laughs> at like their own people, which is weird. And I'm like, why would you do that? Oh yeah, especially the flamethrower one, where they just have like a dude run by, and then they had like a dude is flamethrowering his own people. I just like, and then there's just like a lot going on. There's like karate going on, and then like shooting at targets and at at um other people, and then the flamethrower guy. But then he, um, I can't remember his name, but um, the guy was like, oh yes, we like to use live uh, live uh, targets as well, or something like that. 
Yeah. It's like, jeez, dude. It's very weird. But yeah, so number three, the uh, Russian woman uh, is touring the training facilities with um, – I can't remember who. It's just sort of this like – I don't know if they – it was very difficult to catch up on some of these names, yeah. to be honest with you, because they say them very quickly. It's sort of this like Spectre General guy, I believe. He comes back up later in the boat sequence. Um, but he's touring number three, and they're looking specifically for somebody to take on the task uh, that number three wants to uh, – bestow upon them which is to kind of tail and kill james bond um which we can talk about uh as it's the main thrust of the movie i'm not gonna sit here and break it all down right right here right now um but effectively she's looking for this blonde man who i did not realize until going through the quotes on imdb that his name is grant oh yeah i really did not know this guy's name in my notes i kept referring to him as (laughs) anti-bond Um, and the reason for that is because this man, uh, based on my knowledge and the knowledge of Sam Wright, we were watching it together and texting each other about it. Pretty sure this guy's just wearing James Bond's exact suit and hat yep. throughout the film. <laughs> um, so this guy is kind of this weird creep who I, for all intents and purposes, I feel wants to be James Bond. Um, he doesn't just want to kill him. I think the vibe that I got from it was that he wants to take over. James Bond's oh, interesting. place. He wants to replace James Bond. Oh, he just seems very enthralled with James Bond's body <clears throat> of work, body of work. Not just not his body. Maybe he's could be maybe his, body. his body. That's an interesting uh, way of thinking of it. I never, I didn't really think of it that like that. But I mean, it makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. No, I think so. Um, I desperately have got to uh, minimize this tab where the game awards are pulled up because holy shit, they're just showing some really weird stuff right now. Oh no! Uh, just to let everybody know uh, where we're at right now, uh, looks like there is a pop album video game uh, coming from Annapurna Studios for the Switch, <laughs> and it looks fucking insane. <laughs> if I were to. Uh, if I were to uh, sum it up, but uh, yeah, it looks like it's called Sayonara Wild Hearts or something. I'm not sure. Sayonara. It's just it, it's throwing so many logos at me. I have no idea what the hell the name, this name of this game is. Simigo. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that is minimized. My attention is now here. I apologize, everybody at home. Um, but yeah, so once they're kind of going around, Grant is being uh, oiled up by a German woman um, when they walk up, and they're like, "Hey." We need you here. What are you doing? Uh, and he's like, to attention. And uh, number three, takes some brass knuckles and punches him in the gut <laughs> and just goes, you are fit enough. He will do. And then she just walks away. Um, That's the only requirement, in Istanbul in 24 hours. Yeah, can you take a punch to the gut <laughs> without crying? Oh, that's hilarious. But, I don't, so what did you think of this lady, number three, or whatever? I didn't think she was super intimidating, to be honest. Yeah. I thought she was kind of weird looking. Uh, and uh, I believe she seemed threatening intellectually. Um, she tried to very much so make herself seem very menacing. She kind of appeared to me as if she was the uh, sort of like the, the woman who makes the costumes in The Incredibles. Yeah. I can't admit. Um, yeah, just very like angry and small. Yeah. I think it's the glasses. Because she puts on those glasses, those massive glasses. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. Um, And she did it again to, um, what's her name? Romanova. 
She like really uh, Tatiana. Is there a real name Romanova? That's her last name. I thought. Oh. Ah, see, like all these, ugh, they keep throwing out all these, all these names. Code names. So confused. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, so from there, essentially, like like Isaac alluded to, number three meets with Tatiana from the Russian embassy. Um, she gets handed um, some vital information. Uh, we're in Istanbul, by the way. Um, there's a <laughs> Russian embassy in Istanbul. Um, Tatiana is being is told to meet somebody for some special information, um, which is when number three kind of reveals to her, hey. Uh, it was kind of interesting. She was like, in the past, it seems like you've had three lovers. And Tatiana's like, what are you doing digging around my past? And number three is like, oh, I can get any information that I need. <gasps> These three men, um, were you in love with them? And she was like, well, I have to be in love with somebody that I, that I, that I'm seeing romantically. I can't just sort of be very much. So she puts out this, this message of, I, I'm not just a floozy, um, which I think is, is good. And, um, We'll walk that back. Not that there's anything wrong with people that are sexually awoken. Um, I just mean in general, they don't try to make her out to be just like some sort of buxom blonde right. who's like d- down to clown with anybody and everybody. Um, but effectively, um, they hand her a picture of James Bond and they say like, oh, could you be in love with him? And she's like, well, I'd have to meet him. Um, and they're like, all right, well, your mission is like for the next few days, you have to do exactly what this guy tells you. And she's like, okay. And that's when we hard cut intro to actual James Bond, Sean Connery, um, who is doing what he does, which is flirting with this woman. Uh, they seem like they're having a very nice picnic on the lake. Um, what did you think of this whole sequence, Isaac? <laughs> I like that he was chilling the champagne tied to a rope at the yeah, bottom dude. of the river. I thought that was pretty cool. Very innovative. He pulled it up and like felt it with his foot. He's like, it's not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, his car phone rings, and she's like, your phone? She's, like, surprised that he has a car phone. Uh, but he gets called away, and instantly while he's on the phone, we have this, like, overtly 007 sexual experience where oh Money Penny calls him, and he's, like, flirting with her on the phone. And then his date is like, James, you promised me that you would spend some time with me. We haven't seen each other in ages. And he tells Money Penny over the phone, I'll be in in an hour. And then the woman looks kind of upset, and she's like, he's like, make it an hour and a half. <laughs> and then he starts, like lifting the top to the convertible and i guess they're just getting getting ready to bone oh yeah Um, you know it man yeah and so instantly bond is solidified as the bond that we all know and love uh and uh he ends up taking this meeting and they kind of talk about it and they say hey this this letter came in from from the russian embassy in istanbul this woman's in love with you and says she wants to meet you um they all acknowledge that this is bait and that James is going to be in a trap, but he, as we alluded to at the beginning, says, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. Yep. Um, and in essence, uh, once they all go um, <clears throat> and start kind of debriefing about what the mission's all about, um, that's when Q comes in with his gadgets. Isaac, what did what did you think of these these gadgets? Did they – you knew about Q and the gadgets in every film, right? Um. Kind of. I didn't know that was his name, but I knew there was a guy. There was, was a always guy with a guy. gadgets. <laughs> um, but yeah, what what were your expectations of these gadgets? Did you think that these gadgets uh, uh, were sort of top of the pops, like that's wild and crazy, <laughs> um, or were they kind of 
walked back a little. I mean, bit. I guess I felt like they were they were a little underwhelming. Yeah, here. they were def- to me they were definitely <laughs> underwhelming. Like the briefcase thing was okay, but I was like, uh, I feel like walk through what they were for our for our okay. listeners. So one was oh, I don't even remember all of them. So one was a briefcase for sure, and um, if you you had to open it a certain way by like turning these dials um, at a to a certain position, and then you could flip it open and it'll unlock normal. But I guess if you don't Ooh. do the right combination, then it just like oh, it was if you uh if you don't twist the. If you don't twist the knobs right. on the release to be facing horizontally, uh, yeah, it yeah it, it blows up. It's like a tear gas a tear grenade. Gas. Yeah, this is a real Chekhov's smoking briefcase, <laughs> which we will come back to later in the film. It yeah, the, it, um, it comes in handy, you know. Well, there's like a weird gadget too, where it was like you could pull out one of the studs in the bottom of the briefcase, and it would just pull out a tube of ammunition, which never gets used. Yeah. Um. The knife does get used, so there's like a secret compartment in the briefcase that like ejects a flat knife. Um, but I think that's about it. Oh, and they also use the uh, fifty golden septums or whatever, the fifty golden doubloons that he's oh. got in there. It was very weird. Yeah, every gadget in this was like briefcase centric. <laughs> it was very bizarre. Yeah. So I mean, I guess technology wise, they couldn't really do too much because it's <coughs> early sixties. Um, so they get to rely on weapons. I don't know. Yeah, I think this preceded the time of the crazy oil slick jet powered cars yeah. and stuff like that. But um, maybe not. I don't know. If you're listening and you're a Bond head, um, please submit your responses and we'll know all about it. Um, we'll be curious to know what you guys think about the gadgets and how they stack up. Um, it's definitely no uh, From Russia Would Love the Video Game. Uh, which we've already talked about, <laughs> has like jetpacks and helicopter fights. Um, but yeah. It's what it should um, have been. Kind of moving on from... Yeah, right? Moving on from there, uh, James goes to Istanbul. Um, we notice pretty much right off the bat, once James gets off the airport and he has this whole exchange about the lighter, which is like, he's asking somebody for a box of matches for his cigarettes, and the guy's like, oh, I've got a lighter. And then the guy says something along the lines of like, it's great when it works, uh, except for when it doesn't or something. Um, mm, and Bond yep. kind of echoes this later on. It's sort of the secret catchphrase of all of Kareem's sons, I guess. Because um, <laughs> it comes back up much later yeah. with another fellow who's like, I'm also Kareem's son, um, which fucking killed me. Dude, they're all Kareem's uh, son. Dude, dude, all of Istanbul is just populated with Kareem's <laughs> sons. Um, but in essence... Um, what was it, Grant? This anti-Bond yeah. fellow? Yeah, Grant. Grant, Gra- Grant the bizarro Bond, um, is tailing James Bond, and essentially the driver says, like, oh, in, in, here in Istanbul we allow the, 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 the Russians will tail, or what was it, the Bosnians? The Bulgarians or the Romanians? Or whatever, Bulgarians. Bulgarians. Yeah, the Bulgarians will tail, uh, will tail the Russian embassy vehicle, and in exchange uh, we will... Uh, tail them and it's just sort of something that we've got in place here and uh it seems like it works well and nobody ever complains so bond's like okay well that's interesting so bond goes and 
does his whole kind of uh, – he checks into the hotel. Uh, he checks his uh, hotel room. He finds that there is uh, audio equipment behind one of the mirrors, so he asks to move to the bridal suite. Um, and then when they come back out and he has to go meet Kareem, um, who they never really talk about who the fuck Kareem is and what he does and why. He's just this important He's guy. just there. Yeah, he's just an important man in Istanbul. Um, but whenever he's going to visit, essentially what ends up happening is they discover that um, the uh, Bulgarian tail is dead, as is the driver. And uh, now it sort of looks like a false attack on these Bulgarians from the Russians. And so essentially Grant and Spectre is kind of – they're kind of planning this thing to appear as if um, James is there to assist the, 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 the Russian government in attacking the Bulgarians and vice versa. Um, and so essentially Bond has now been mixed up in this whole assassination attempt kind of killing. Um, and then after that, we kind of meet uh, Karim. Which we've already kind of alluded to with his very weird scene where he discusses how everybody involved is his son. It's like the waiter who pours the coffee and the driver are all his sons. Um, Do we get to the um the explosion in Kareem's? Not yet. The explosion happens uh, here in a little after? bit. Man, um, golly. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of buildup going on. Um, but yeah, so Kareem kind of shows uh, Bond these secret trap doors. Well, so we need to talk about sort of Kareem's uh, wife, or I don't think she's his wife. She's just she looks like really hot, half naked woman that he keeps laying yeah. around, <laughs> who's like really interested in having sex with him, but he doesn't really care about her. Oh man, which is weird. She she keeps um, repeating his name. Oh, yeah. yeah, and she's, yeah. like, laying around all sexually, <laughs> and he's just like, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> he's like, I'm oh. reading the newspaper. <laughs> and she's like, Karim. Karim Ali. What is his name? What is his name? <laughs> Karim Ali Bay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy. But anyway, so that's that's before the explosion. But she she walks out. Bond walks in. Kareem and and Bond meet. Um, Kareem uh, tells Bond to kind of like relax and chill out and blah blah blah. But then he shows him his super secret periscope that he had installed in the basement of the uh, of the Russian embassy, which is amazing. Yeah. And they spy on the Russians that are having a discussion about the death of. I don't know. I guess the death of because it was the Bosnian guy who yeah, died, right? Yeah, it was right? one of their guys. So what the fuck are they talking about? Um, oh man, we've already lost the <laughs> we've already lost the, the 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 gambit here. We don't we don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think there was like some. Uh, hmm. They're arguing about the uh, Lecter, right? I believe, so. or something. I can't remember. Um, They're arguing about something. But, and but yeah, Bond ID, uh, positively IDs some of the guys that are in the room, and then they have to run back for whatever reason. I can't remember why. Yeah, so um, I think at- um, they ID one of the guys as, what's his name? Uh, Kurlenku, who's this oh, really yeah. deadly The, the uh, bloodthirsty killer. killer. He'll kill for Yeah, they the established this right before a situation that is about to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I think for that with, reason, with some gypsies. Kareem Bay is like, "Hey, you should not stay here. 
while you know oh that's right while this is all going on so they he yeah. takes him to like this crazy gypsy place <laughs> which is yeah. it, it is crazy um that's after the explosion so that Correct. that definitely happens so um so then there's an explosion in Kareem's office uh while his weird under I don't want to say underage uh his weird young woman uh friend is trying to sleep with him an explosion goes off and they do not die or uh, but uh Kareem does uh let Bond know that there's been sort of an attack um and then Kareem takes uh they want to go away far away from from the issue and so uh Kareem takes Bond to this gypsy camp their words not ours they keep referring to these people as gypsies <laughs> um and uh Bond becomes told about a cat fight that's going on between two women that are gypsies which I found to be very weird what were your thoughts on this, Isaac? I, I at this point, I was just gonna roll with it. I, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, and I said, "All right, I'm in it now. Just gotta roll." Isaac's just in it forever. Just in it. At this point, oh, yeah. there, it, so it was too many, too many crazy things happening. That this was just like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this makes sense for what's happening. Yeah, it was a little wild. Uh, essentially, it was like these two women were com- being like argumentative about like who was seeing this this fella in the gypsy camp, um, and they effectively were like, "Hey, you guys are gonna have to fight over which of you wants to marry." Uh, it was not Kareem's son, but it's the gypsy camp guy's son. I almost said it was Kareem's. So <laughs> it could have been Kareem's son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they wouldn't have to fight because there's so many of them, you know? <laughs> but they were both um, in love, man. Love does crazy Yeah, so things. these two women have an extremely uncomfortable fight <laughs> where they, uh, like, essentially try to claw at each other and pull yeah. each other's hair and stuff. And then in the midst of all this, some Russians show up and start killing people. Um, and during this main shootout, um, anti-Bond rolls up, Grant, and starts kind of being Bond's guardian angel, which will come into play much later. Um, and he's starting to sort of defend Bond because only he can have him, Isaac. Uh-huh. Um, and effectively what ends up happening is that um, Bond ends up saving the camp from these Russians, and the Russians retreat, and Bond ends up becoming, quote, the Gypsy Prince, and is gifted these <laughs> two women – this, they were like, which which woman do you want to be your wife? And he's like, I don't know. I'll have to spend a little time with both of them to find out. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. It was, and then it, like it fades to black, and then it like cuts back in, and there's like a weird montage of these women like mas- massaging Bond <laughs> and giving him breakfast and like walking him to the car, and then he like with no audio whatsoever, no dialogue, just sort of like says to them like. I'm going to have to leave you both here. <laughs> Bye. And just gets in his car and takes off. It's very weird, you guys. This whole scene, I was like, ah, we could have done without this. Not going to lie. Yeah, it was a little. like It 100% could have been edited out, to be completely honest. Yeah. I mean, okay, so like the like cat a, fight. That thing lasted like, like a long time. I thought it was going to be like well, a Well, what thing. is that ad? What does that add to the story? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm sorry again for the, for the <laughs> yawning. I'm just simultaneously trying to like pop my ear. Uh, pop it out, man. I know. No, dude. what you do is you close your nose and you blow out. Okay. Oh. And you, uh, well, you have to cover your here. mouth too. But anyway, I'm good. There's a there's it. a couple of things in that last scene that I was like, this went on for too long, or this was unnecessary. For one, when he first got there. Um, there was a belly dancer that just started dancing. Yeah, and that, so she very much so kind of mimicked the moves from the intro right. at the beginning of the film. I mean, I think that that thing went on for like three minutes itself, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> we really we're really doing this, hey?" <laughs> so we're going in. Yeah, it's very one. The film runs at about like 111 minutes. Yeah, I think it's like so almost, it's almost two, two hours. hours. But I feel like the main plot could essentially be ostensibly kind of knocked out in like 45 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. But anyway, so um, right after this, essentially Kareem discovers because of the Russians um, attacking the gypsy camp that the the bloodthirsty Russian assassin that we talked about earlier was sort of the guy who had marked him and was coming for him. So Kareem is like, we got to kill this guy. So there's this really weird and evocative – very quick moment where they're like, okay, Kareem's like, I'm going to send in my two sons. They're going to knock on the door. And then I know this guy's got a secret exit somewhere in his apartment. So we're just going to post up with a sniper rifle and execute him when he leaves out of the secret door. <laughs> um, and funny enough, the secret door is there's like a huge building sized movie poster of this woman's face. And uh, the secret door is her mouth. So when the boys knock, this murderer tries to escape, and this assassin tries to escape through this like huge door that opens where this woman's mouth is. And uh, Bond lets Kareem pull the trigger. Oh, and that was one of his gadgets is like a, this foldable sniper rifle oh, yeah. that he can essentially just kind of carry with him, and it, uh, it, which uh, definitely looks like it's stored within the butt of a gun. Yeah. Like if I saw that from a distance, I'd be like, "That's a gun." But it was kind of cool the way that he like had attached all the pieces, and it was, you know, yeah, um, and it had an infrared sight yeah as well which is so, ahead of its time. Uh, oh yeah <laughs> um and Actually. so kareem shoots a hit, hit the guy in the back and he falls and he dies and of course james turns around and he goes she should have kept her mouth shut <laughs> and they're like <laughs> and it's like oh my god <laughs> like you guys she should have kept her mouth yeah. shut at this point it was like all right this is too on the nose what kind of person james bond is Oh yeah, come on! Like he's even in on yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but later this this evening, uh, James goes back to the room. He starts getting ready. He hears a weird noise, and he's like, "Somebody's oh. in my room trying to kill me." And then he like goes away. He grabs his gun. He puts a towel on. He like wanders on out. And for like a split second, we see this like nude woman getting into his bed. Um, and James opens the door, and he's like, "Who are you?" And it's Tatiana just, like, laying in his bed naked, like, ready to make love. And uh, and that's pretty much what happens. But while they're doing this, something special happens. Spectre just wants to watch, guys. Yeah. And so Grant and number three are just watching James Bone and filming all of There's, it. Yeah. But... They say they have a good cause for it. We all know why. 
Oh, <laughs> we are well aware of what's going on. Well, okay, so um, just to pre- uh, preface it back, um, so I wonder, like, so he had his original room, right? Um, and he said, "Oh, this room's not good enough. The bed's too small." And he got he yeah. was brought to the uh, the the well, the hotel staff I think was in on it too, though, because the hotel staff was like, "Right, we're all booked up." Yeah, and then he was like. Please don't be. And she was uh, the woman at the hotel desk was like, "Well, we have a bridal suite because her boss right. was like, tell him about the bridal suite." But what would have happened if he didn't change rooms? You know what I mean? That's true. I think the implication that I got from it was that they hid the audio device behind the mirror so blatantly, right? That he would absolutely see Find it, it. and okay. want to change. I mean, that's that's what I got too. But like, what if? But I guess that's one of those. That's true. <sighs> we'll never know. I don't know, Isaac. <laughs> but this is another scene that I, I was like, man, James, you're really uh going in real quick. Whoa, dude! <laughs> a yeah, too fast. James, here. James is like, <laughs> James is like, nah. I just met. <laughs> let's do it. There was like zero. Yeah, it's crazy. What kind of secret agent super spy is like? I fuck on the first date, y'all. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this wasn't even like a first date. No. He literally like, just saw her for the first time and was like, I'm going to just slide on in. He like goes in for a kiss like within two minutes of meeting this girl. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, wow. It was wild. <laughs> but anyway, um, moving on with the plot. Um, essentially, <coughs> Bond wants to see her again. Um, so they choose to meet at this basilica. Um, but while Bond uh, – and I love the way that he looks at her and they kind of like coordinate what part of the Basilica they're going to meet in. It's very like mm. – we just got done talking about how much he is not being a loving and caring individual. But it was very like loving exchange, like the way that he looked at her and kind of motioned for her. Yeah. Kind of struck me as like very genuine, like, hey, I want to I want to talk to you over here. Mm-hmm. Um but as they go to meet up over there, um, there is the the like a Bulgarian fella trying to meet up with them as well. And before Bond can get to Tatiana, um, the fella from Spectre, Grant, um, kills this Bulgarian dude, and uh, Bond discovers it. And so he like calls the whole thing off, tells Tanya to get out of there. Um, so they all kind of run up and they meet uh, on a boat, and Bond pretends to be taking pictures of tourists. Um, but Tanya describes the lector. James is recording her audio, sends it back to base, um, and it matches M's notes. It's interesting. M, I've always known to be a woman in the newer films, but in this, M is a dude. Uh, he's an old oh, man. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but uh, I got the impression that Bond was supposed to kill this guy that was following Tatiana. Oh, uh, you think so? Because he he well um, he was he was planning on knocking the guy out. Yeah. Like I think they were trying to get something from him. Um. So I think, what's her name? Tatiana leaves that little, um, case on the next in 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 between like a, a wall and a bol- uh a column, and this mm-hmm. Bulgarian guy picks it up and I guess places something in it. Um, it doesn't really show it. But then Bond was supposed to either um, intercept that or kill this guy or I don't know and, and grab the plan. But then Grant goes and 
kills him instead. Yeah. So again, trying to like kind of tip them yeah. off that like some shit's going on. But I think um, um, Grant got scared because he saw either Bond or somebody coming down the hall, so he freaked out because he killed this guy and he ran off um, without getting um, the plans. And so that's how Bond was able to take the plans to Karimbe. Ali Karimbe. Exactly. I think that's um, how, it how it happened. Yeah. Well, and he also um, sends the, the audio along as well. Yeah. Because M wants to confirm that Tatiana knows what she's talking about. Um, and once they've got all that confirmed, Bond plans to attack the Russian embassy and steal the lector. And this has got to be the most lightning fast sequence I've ever seen in a film like this. Um, whereas like some more modern films would probably take a little bit more of like a long drawn out approach as far as the way that they do sort of their like caper case where they're like, Oh, we're going to sneak in and steal the plans. And they do like the whole like mission impossible kind of like high tension, <laughs> This was like Bond rolls in, asks the dude at the Russian embassy if his clock is set correctly. The guy's like, oh, yeah, of course it's an embassy. What are you talking about? Bond walks away, comes back to the desk and was like, hey, are you sure that clock's set right? And he's like, yeah, it's set right. I told you. And then a bomb goes off. Bond walks in as everybody's leaving, grabs the lector and just fucking walks out. Like that's it. Yeah, it was pretty it's crazy. I love it. I kind of like it. Was it was so too. cool. And he had like it was very um as soon as the bomb went off, he had this like smile on his face and then he like ran off. Oh yeah. I was like, "Oh, you sneaky little devil. You little sneaky boy." It reminded me a little bit of uh some of the one shot. Obviously this wasn't it wasn't like a what's the word? A continuous shot yeah. in this film, but it kind of reminds me of the continuous shots from like Children of Men or something. Um like once it almost the, uh, felt like bomb it, go. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like yeah. I guess it it wasn't a continuous shot on a technical level, but it did feel like one of those scenes. Like when the coffee shop blows up at the beginning of Children of Yeah, Oh, I love that scene. Oh my gosh. It's such a great I movie. I love that movie. Um But yeah, so Bond, Tatiana, and the Elector get out of there and they um encounter uh that uh I don't think it's the same guy that they shot in the back. It was another one of these Russian security guys. Um, catches them like with his eyes, like sees them boarding a train. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, this Russian security guy and Grant, the anti-Bond, um, both get on the train. Um, at first, I was completely taken aback because um, uh, Kareem gets on the uh, train with them and hands them their new passports and essentially tells them like here are your new identities and it tells bond and tanya that they are david and caroline somerset um but the way that he says it originally i definitely thought i heard like Sommerfeld or something (laughs) and i was just like what the fuck (laughs) um so i listened i get like my ears perked up i was like they're who (laughs) um but yeah it's uh it was interesting i uh I yeah, this whole train sequence is really cool. This essentially, for the most part, becomes like the second third of the movie. Is like this whole situation on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a real uh, uh, Darjeeling Limited feel from this train. <laughs> it's like with all the sliding doors yeah. and the like super neat outfits and the like sixties nature of the whole thing. Yeah, um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty neat. Um. Once they get on the train, like, Tatiana and Bond, like, kind of are just, like, very much into each other, man. 
like it's weird. I know that the whole thing was set up to be like this ploy. And obviously, I think jo- James is not Joms. I almost pronounced James the <laughs> yeah, way that Tatiana does. Oh, Joms. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how she says it. That is exactly oh, how she said it. Says it. Joms. <laughs> uh, which is weird, especially th- that she's Italian and not Russian. Um, huh. But no, I started to kind of, like, not within the film, but like in reality, she's Italian. Um, <laughs> I started to kind of feel for them as a couple i was like man i kind of want them to get out of this yeah. alive like together like i'm i'm on team tatiana like let's do yeah, this you kind of hope after this um, is all settled that they would like fall like fall in love after the fact yeah and i don't know if it's just like the daniel craig films kind of set this precedent mm-hmm. of like james bond can't have happy endings yeah but i was just sort of like uh assuming that there was going to be an unhappy ending in this movie, and we'll talk about it when we get up to it, this movie surprisingly has a very happy ending. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, essentially, uh, we get sort of this R&R time between Tatiana and James Bond. They kind of talk about their plans, and she kind of puts on a fashion show of these outfits that James brought her, some of which are extremely risque. Which I, I think um, is kind of, the time. again, uh, quite a Bond yeah, move, a, but... Yeah, it's like par for course, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. all right. Like he, um, uh, uh, like he, uh, was he, he? He shows his hands and they're like empty, and he. Oh yeah, I love door. that little move that he does. <laughs> and he's like a magic yeah. trick, and he pulls out a dress or like a a lingerie. Yeah, thing. like a little one one one, yeah. one piece. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, that's that's the weird thing too is that like for as schemy and scummy as Bond can be, um, there's. He definitely has some charisma and some like real charm because yeah. even I found myself being like, "Oh, James, <laughs> oh, like, Johns, oh, Johns." I, I, I mean, I understand. I guess that's that's his thing. Like, he's such a a, a woman's man that he's very like, um, he's got that allure to him, I guess. But it's a je ne sais quoi. <laughs> um, but yeah, so effectively, while they're doing this R and R time, Kareem's kind of like casing the train, and he comes back to James, and he's like, "Hey, I found the Russian guy. I know where he's at." So James goes, "All right, let's pay him a visit." So they go visit the Russian dude, who's actually just like a couple a couple uh, compartments down, and they kind of have his number. Man, they like walk in, get his gun from him, kind of like use his blazer to keep his arms down, man, which I, I found that funny, was awesome. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," and then they just like tie him up, and they're just like, "Fuck you, dude." And then James is like, can I leave you here, Kareem, to, like, hang out with this guy while I go? What is he doing? He's like, he has to go check on the lector or something. Yeah, he I had to go. F- or he's I checking out Tatiana. He was try- <laughs> yeah, probably checking out Tatiana. But, yeah. He, oh, um, I think he's trying to figure out to stop, uh, how to stop the train or something. He was like, I'm going to leave and go do something. And he leaves Kareem. And so James goes to hang out with Tatiana. And then Kareem specifically tells him, like, let's meet at the dining cart at 630. And that'll be our, our ticket out of here. When we go meet at the dining cart, I'll, I'll set up for the train to, to, to stop and we, we can get the hell out of here. Um, but 630 rolls around and Kareem's not there. And a security guard knocks on the door and says, hey, man, were you here with Kareem? And James was like, yeah. And they were like, well, you need to come quick. And both Kareem and the security guy are both dead. Yikes. 
which I was very bummed out. I was like, my boy Kareem. I knew, I knew they were going to do this, but he's gone. Why? Um, and so he goes back and tells Tatiana. He's like he, – I don't think he tells her that Kareem's dead, mm-hmm. but she sort of like very much so kind of flounders ab- around about like, oh, well, I just want to hang out with you. I don't really want to do anything. It doesn't matter if we get out or not. Like I just want to spend time with you. Like w- tell me what we'll do when we're in England, blah, blah, blah. And so this is where Sean Connery kind of meets his woman-hitting quota yeah. and just like strikes her and he's like, get your shit together. We got to go. <laughs> well, no, he – is this um, where he like suspects that she's in on it? I think he thinks that she had something to do with it. Is why she, I th- yeah. I'm assuming is where the aggression came yeah, from. She, he like grabbed her and says like, "What do you know? What do you know?" And then you know, yeah, yeah, her yeah. And he like shakes like, I don't her. Know yeah, chums, chums. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. I she. I don't know. This was crazy, man. I I didn't know what yeah. to believe at this point. I was like, <laughs> "This is crazy." Does she know? Man. Oh man. But I thought... Yeah, it was a little wild. I was in the impression that Grant was the one that killed them. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Grant definitely is the one that killed them. Yeah. Okay. Um, Just wanted to clear that up. For sure. Um, so there's a couple of weird situations where like the train kind of like rolls past the Kareem's son in the truck that's supposed to be waiting there for James and Tatiana, and then they end up in Belgrade for a little bit, and James kind of pops off for a second to talk to somebody. They end up in Maghreb, and in Maghreb, um, Grant shows up pretending to be an MI6 agent to help James get off the train. And um, up until this point, I assumed based on his looks, because he looks very much so like the uh, blonde gentleman from Blade Runner, who plays sort of the antagonist to Harrison Ford. Hmm. Um, I cannot think of his name right now. He looks very much so like that guy, so I kind of imagine like a German accent or something, or some sort of... European accent. Uh, I guess British is European, but d- different. Uh, what's the word? Germanic or or Norse or Eastern European accent of some sort. And instead, he speaks with this British accent and um, does a pretty good job of impersonating MI6 agent. I kept waiting for that sort of uh, Inglorious Bastards moment or something where he counted with the wrong finger or said uh, one wrong British slur. Yeah. And for James Bond to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> that would be uh, cool. But that, yeah, but that doesn't really happen. Um, what does happen is, in my opinion, sort of the strongest 10 to 15 minutes of the whole movie is this sort of like hypertension that we get between these two gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a really, really good job of uh, kind of pitting these two guys against each other as uh, hardcore, su- super secret spy dudes. And like you can kind of – you can kind of tell that James knows that this isn't the that this isn't like the most what's the word I'm looking for positive experience. Like I think he he can tell that something is up. Yeah, um, but he doesn't quite know what. And then this other dude, like as the audience, we keep waiting for like, oh shit, when's Grant gonna flip flip the script? Um. What did you think of this whole section, Isaac? Did you do you agree that the tension is like really, really cool here and like good, or did you kind of f- see feel that it fell flat or anything like that? Um, I thought that the um the dialogue I like the dialogue between these two in the scene a lot. Like I thought it was really cool the way they like like you said 
he knew something was up, but didn't want to like break too early. Um, it was kind of like it was almost like a chess match, trying to figure out. Oh yeah, when I think it's a really good attack. way to put it. Actually, I was like, wow, this is kind of this is kind of cool. I like that uh, Grant kept calling him old man. Yeah, yeah. Again, kind of like going in for the whole like you're the old shit, I'm the new ah, shit, get off yeah, the block. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like this guy just I don't know. He just wants to occupy James's skin. Just so <laughs> He's weird. weird man. He's a weird man. Um, but they're having this whole sort of exchange, um, and Bond kind of puts two and two together, and this is sort of the sequence in which Chekhov's uh, smoking briefcase comes into play, mm-hmm. where James is pretty boned, man. Like, I think he's got his back against the wall pretty hard, um, and it, for all intents and purposes, it seems like Grant's going to kill him here. Um, yeah. And then James kind of tricks him into opening James's briefcase incorrectly and setting off the tear gas. Um, and then James gets the upper hand, but I thought they did a really good job of kind of stretching it super thin and being like, even James can get his back in the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he wasn't this like invincible, infallible dude. Yeah. I thought this, this was really cool. And then he goes in and, um, stabs him with that knife, that cute. Oh yeah. Him. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, really cool sequence. I uh, honestly like um if any of the rest of the film didn't put you off or maybe it did put you off, like I think this one sequence does enough for the tension and the um sort of building of what's been established early on to kind of be what's worth checking out about this movie. Honestly, like it's I don't know. I really like this whole train sequence. Yeah. It's very chill. Like needless to say as well, like my experience with 90s Bond and a little bit of the Daniel Craig Bonds, I didn't realize how slow this movie was going to be. Mm. This is a very chill, slow, but not in a bad way. I think slow maybe has a negative connotation, just like a very methodical kind of low energy right. film until it becomes high energy in these sort of tense moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the gunfights and all that, but... I think yeah, they like do a good job of when to deploy it. Yeah, yeah, they do a good job of like pacing and like chilling out and then pulling you in at the right times. For sure. I think it's pretty good. But for the most part, um as I had mentioned, Sam and I were kind of texting back and forth and I think both Sam and myself were like a little like I was all in on the pacing right off the bat, but I know that Sam was like I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Like early on. Um just to kind of let you know kind of what kind of spectrum you might be dealing with from like a pacing s- sequence. Um, but yeah. Um, so before uh, Grant bit the dust, um, he did sort of allude to Bond that there was an escape route, but it was only big enough for one. And so I think the sort of the illusion was like, Tatiana can't go, only you. Um, and so Bond takes the escape route, but makes it work for him and Tatiana. And again, has this really cool moment where they kind of sneak out. Uh, like, I guess the, the, the attempt was there was gonna be a broken down truck on the train tracks. The train stops. The guys get out to help the truck move in this process. James and Tatiana escape, which would have been Grant, I suppose. And so once the train's out of view, the truck driver who appears to be a dude delivering flowers just kind of says like, Hey, where are you? Like, they're gone. I guess he's waiting for Grant to come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I think the assumption is that this is a specter 
fella. And James just does such a good job of sneaking from the grass um, behind this truck driver. This like was really nailed cool. Him. <laughs> this is like some primo solid snake sneaking. <laughs> yeah, it was. <clears throat> he just like rolls up and then fucking uh, the dude's hood, I guess, is lifted up from the whole like, I'm going to fake that my car is broken uh-huh. down situation. And he just slams the hood onto this dude's arm and just like ties his ass up and throws him in the passenger seat like yeah. lickety split. Um, outside of that, essentially, uh, Tatiana, for whatever reason, has to ride on the flowers in the back of the truck oh because she was um drugged by uh oh that's grant right i forgot at the dinner yeah, grant slipped her like a roofie or something at the dinner yeah so she was no good yeah so she kind of became real floppy, <laughs> floppy she was girl. just kind of like laying around everywhere um but yeah so bond throws her in the back they drive and i guess they are uh bond gets from the truck driver that um grant was supposed to be at a boat um and he knows the the whereabouts and so they get taken to this boat um i believe oh excuse me i skipped the helicopter battle there is a helicopter battle in this movie isaac how did we how in the world i know right we this helicopter battle not talk about this oh yeah so um this is actually really cool so this tiny helicopter starts to fly around because i guess they've gotten wise that grant is dead and uh, what they're doing is they're flying over very fucking close to this truck. It almost seemed like... And dro- dropping grenades on it. It seemed like they were wanting to get the blades to clip and um, s- and cut up the truck. But I was like, I don't know what good that would do you in a helicopter. Because they were flying really close to this truck. Yeah, it's wild. And then once Bond parks the truck and runs away, the helicopter starts trying to just like hit Bond. Um, And I cannot even imagine the level of stunt work that went into this. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I I imagine they, I mean, it it was just like trip or what do you call them? Um, Just like a trip miner or something. I don't know what you would call it. (coughs) How do do you mean? (laughs) Well, just like, you know, the explosives on the ground and you say, all right. Oh, yeah, no, I don't just mean that. I just mean, like, the helicopter swooping in and trying to, like, hit this man. Well, there was a lot of, like, there wasn't, I feel like there weren't a lot of shots where both of them were in the, in the... That's true. um, They did a couple overheads, too, so they could have just faked the distance. Right, yeah. Um, But still. Yeah, it's pretty wild, though. Um, I really like the sequence, and Bond kind of, like, in a quick fit of panic, like, assembles his sniper rifle while hiding in some... uh, rocks and manages to shoot the fellow holding the grenade who then drops the grenade inside of the helicopter and then it explodes um which is pretty wild yeah um i dug it um helicopter blows up bond gets back to the truck and then they go and they they find the boat that i alleged uh spoke spoke about earlier um and then we get a really cool kind of back to back it's weird it's like they saved all the big set pieces like all for the end because then there's this huge back to back like it was like train battle, helicopter explosion <laughs> battle, boat battle. Um, and so they do this boat thing where as soon as they get on the boat, the boat has tons and tons of fuel, um, tons and tons of fuel barrels on it. And they're sort of like, oh, we can drive all the way to England and be there in a day. And uh, immediately when I saw the barrels, I was like, girl, you're not getting to England. Like those barrels are going to get used. <laughs> There's something uh, up with those barrels. For sure. Um, 
and I'm not sure what you took from it. Did you immediately like the moment you saw the boat go like, Oh, I get it. (laughs) Or were you sort of taken off guard when you were like, uh, when they, when the guys come out of nowhere, were you like, Oh, my, my favorite spy couple can never catch a break. (laughs) Um, yeah. Part of me was like, um, yeah, I don't understand what these, uh, fuel drums are doing. What, what, why were there so many, um, I don't know. Things on this boat. <laughs> I legitimately do not know. <laughs> no reason other than for him to dump them off and shoot them at. Shoot them. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I. I was thinking the movie was almost over because I mean you got so many th- crazy things happening already. That's like what mm-hmm. what's going to happen now? But then they especially have, in um, that final stretch. They still have Grant, right? Does it? Uh, no, Grant's dead. Is he? Well, I don't know if they ever like explicitly they... show you that Grant is dead. Oh, that's true. Well, that was at that happened at the very end of the film. Yeah, because Bond just like knocked him out. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to it in a second, but like, I think when they get on the boat, uh, he like shoves Grant onto the boat, so Grant is on the boat with. Oh Grant. no, it's not Grant. That's the truck guy. Oh, yeah, That's the guy why. from the truck, and then they, and yeah. then he's like, "Hope you can swim," and just like throws the guy off. And he's like, "You're having a hell of a day." <laughs> yeah, Grant just gets knocked out and left on the on the oh, that's train, right. and I don't know if I don't know if James kills Grant. I think he just like renders him unconscious and leaves him there. Um, yeah. No, wait, James most definitely killed. People are probably shaking their fucking heads right now. James definitely uh, reverses the piano wire and gets Grant oh, to like choke himself gosh. out. Yeah, how could I forget? That? Yeah, so James, uh, James, one hundred percent just ends that man's life. <laughs> I forgot that we weren't talking about Batman. Yeah. Yes, James does kill people. He has no shame, um, which I think is cool. Like yeah. kill, kill the guy with his own, you know, secret weapon. Yeah, essentially. Um, but yeah, so effectively what ends up happening is they are taking off on these boats and then these fellows come out of the woodwork from Spectre and, um, like Isaac mentioned, uh, James just kind of offloads the barrels and then puts his hands up as if giving up and Tatiana's like, what are you doing? And James is like, hand me the flare gun (laughs) and she does. And then he shoots a flare and it blows up all the barrels and it's pretty spectacular. Um, pretty neat. Yeah. And then after that, like we're kind of done. I mean, we cut to the, um, I guess right before they steal the boat, um, like right when they get to the boat, we do like a cross sort of interstitial cut where we see what's going on with Spectre. <clears throat> and number three and number five are like – number five is like I'm this chess genius, like statistics wizard. Uh, my plan wasn't faulty. It was number three who executed it poorly and all this stuff, and number three is sweating bullets because she thinks she's going to be the one to, to face punishment, and instead she does not. Um, uh, the fellow who shows up with the boat squad to kill James here in a little bit um, kicks out this um, kicks out this like poison blade from the bottom of his boot and then just kicks number five in the back of the shin and poisons them to death in like 12 seconds. Mm. Um, and the dude from Spectre, uh, the 
Johnny Specter, Mr. Specter. Mr. Specter is just sort of like, it's a shame that we can't have a poison that is quicker than 12 seconds or something. And it's like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Um, And that guy dies. Um, And then later, uh, the Specter guy talks to number three, and she's like, I won't won't have you uh, have done this in vain. Uh, I'm going to take care of Bond. And he's like, well, you better, because you know how we handle failure. Um, and so, yeah, that's what happens. Um, they end up dealing with, uh, that whole shenanigans is what leads into the, 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 the boat fight. So, and I'm, my medication is probably speaking more than I am right now. So I apologize for that. Um, we end up back in, oh, and so before all this, um, one of the things I do want to mention about Grant that we completely skimmed over, cause this ties directly into the end of the, uh, end of the film uh, Grant mentions that they filmed uh, Tatiana and James having sex and that their goal was to not only steal the lector but also besmirch James's uh, memory mm-hmm. by leaking to the press that uh, a member of the MI6 was sleeping with this woman and uh, like essentially uh, put the entire British population in danger because of a, a, a fling. Um. And uh, James ends up stealing the film from Grant after he kills him. So later we're back here in Venice. Um, We are in a hotel room. And if you've seen an Austin Powers film, this scene immediately struck me as something similar to something that happens in a lot of Austin Powers films. Um, They have sort of this post sequence at the hotel room. Um, And I don't know why. It seems like at least two out of the three Austin Powers films all end with like a hotel room scene and room service coming and it being a bad guy. <laughs> um, but essentially the number three shows up looking like the uh, woman who's supposed to be doing the house cleaning. Uh, James does not realize it at first, but Tatiana definitely notices. And number three shoots her like a don't tell like uh-huh. look. Um, and while James is in the bathroom, uh, number three gets the jump on him, uh, steals the lector and essentially puts him in a really shitty situation, and she's about to hit him with the the boot venom as well. And that's when Tatiana uh, breaks her obedience and uh, pins number three to a wall with a chair. Number three starts flailing around everywhere, and uh, I believe James just fucking shoots her. I think it's the other way around. I thought I thought James had her pinned to a chair. And she was like flailing. Oh, Tatiana to shoots her. And then Tatiana. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Tatiana pulls the trigger, kills her oh, boss. Oh, boy. Um, and that's the end, essentially. Um, after that happens, they leave on a boat together, a motorboat. And James essentially says to her, um, <coughs> um, they got something of ours. Uh, I've got something exciting. I'll have to show you later. And he pulls out the film and you can kind of see the, like he's looking at the film in the daylight of them having sex and like throws it off the side of the boat. Um, and they just sort of ride off into the sunset together. Um, and I was like, holy shit, James Bond just had a happy ending. He did it. They're going to go be together.
what did you what did you think, Isaac? I feel like we kind of sped through the we sped through the scenes and didn't really do a lot of sightseeing in between them. What were your thoughts yeah. on, uh, um, on this film overall? I I I like this film, um, and it's a I think it's a good first Bond film. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know because I haven't seen any of the other ones, but I feel like this is a good introduction. Apart from uh, Bond's super womanizer personality persona, um, that could be toned down a little bit. But um, I, I like the film. I like the pacing. I like the um, the way that it ends. The last like twenty or thirty minutes were, were like super on the edge of your seat. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was an A plus movie. Saving it uh, for the end here, um, I did want to talk a little bit about sort of what we saw in this film that maybe we see in the Metal Gear series. So this is sort of the the end of our movie coverage for our Metal Gear podcast. True. Um, and with this being sort of the ultimate film that we're covering, at least for this year, we might eventually do more film coverage down the road. Um, I do want to make sure that like we don't lose sight of the fact that we're trying to tie it back into – what we've seen with Metal Gear. Um, was there anything from this film that jumped out to you as something that very clearly was inspiration for Kojima or any of his team? Um, I think obviously the MGS3 aesthetic yeah. definitely shines through quite a bit here. Um, and even snakes, like Naked Snake in particular's uh, way of behaving. I think seems very of the Bond way. I don't know if there's anything else that jumped out at you. Yeah, I mean, like we said way back when, um, Kojima said that um, James Bond was a pretty big influence, I guess, on the character. Um, Even with just the way that Eva... I know Eva's not sort of this naive... mm unbeknownst girl like Tatiana, um, but even Eva's sort of semi-happy ending with Snake before she takes the money and runs, so to speak, um, I think is also very similar to uh, the way that this Bond stuff kind of shakes out. I'm kind of interested to see if... how, like, all the other... Because Kojima specifically called out this... James Bond movie, right? Um, I think he called out a, a, a few, few, but I do I do think that this does come up from time to time. Okay. Because I'm interested to see like how many more of the Bond films um, kind of project that the same persona that Kojima took um, mm-hmm. or if, you know, they're totally different. If each John, uh, it, if, oh my gosh, if each James Bond film is kind of different or I don't know I've yeah, got all sure. of them so One. yeah now you've got <laughs> you've got plenty to you've got plenty to watch um yeah so report back Isaac I will. you let us know how Kojima uh was influenced by the James Bond series yeah. um I think for all intents and purposes like the set dressing is definitely there the whole like super spy super secret spy getting getting things from behind enemy lines um I think even as far as like, I mean, shit, every Metal Gear has got a ton of like Russian influence in the enemies. 
Um, true, and I yeah. think that that's sort of like a big James Bond thing is like the Russians are always the bad guys for some reason. Um, and not for some reason, <laughs> but because of the Cold War. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Um, I think from my perspective, this is way more my pace when it comes to action films. It's like a little bit more kind of thoughtful, mm. quiet films with these sort of moments of like oh shit like tension that kind of pop up so i i dug it yeah i enjoyed it um hopefully that this hopefully this has been sort of analytical i know um for all intents and purposes like it seems like the other films that we've covered um and maybe this is just me kind of thinking out loud about the way that the show has been as of late um, I do think in condensing these down we have made things a little bit more approachable as opposed to like us going from MGS1 to MGS2 where MGS2 it's like we took like nine episodes to cover the game um, and like spent two episodes discussing what we thought mm-hmm. of the game like analytically. Um, I think that was sort of like the most drawn out and then like MGS3 was kind of this like a little bit more brief kind of six episodes with a seventh if I remember correctly. But I think with the non-game stuff, like pr- primarily the books and the movies that we've discussed on here, I think we spend a little less time talking about our thoughts and our interpretations and our theories and our feelings and spend a little bit more time like just summarizing the events. Um, so hopefully that – hopefully my gut instinct isn't – is is inaccurate and there has been something uh enjoyable to take out of these um but i do feel like to some extent um some of what we've been doing is just sort of like hey let's cover this thing so we can talk about how it kind of reflects back if that makes if that makes sense yeah um and i think it's a good mix Uh, like we got some that are super in-depth and then these are kind of a good brief overview and uh, our, you know, our thoughts, just like a book club for sure, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I just don't want to be like these are two hour movies you can listen to in your car. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. I think we're, our runtime is almost at two hours. So. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll we'll wrap it on up. Uh, it 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 lays with me to kind of lay out the remaining season for you guys. Um, we are next Monday going to be releasing to you guys the listener response episode. If you are listening to this on the main feed, chances are you are too late to get the listener response out to us. If you're listening to this on the early feed, um, please try and get your responses in um, before the, let me look at a calendar. I was trying to do some quick maths before December the 11th, um, we are going to be obviously anything before the uh, 15th of no- everything, anything up until the 15th of November, we'll st- we're still going to try and include based on our sort of 15th rule. Um, but if you want to get in during this late period, um, you have until Tuesday, December the 11th to get us your notes um, by six, no, by 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be doing that episode where we cover you guys' response to our movie season. Um, I've already gotten some pretty interesting um, discussion topics from people for us to kind of dig into, dig our teeth into. <clears throat> After that, we're going to be doing an episode. Uh, we're actually going to be uh, releasing two extra ops for you guys. Uh, extra op number three is us speaking with friend of the show, Alice Chang, about her um, 
experience with Metal Gear as a female fan. Um, and so me, Isaac, Sam, and James got to speak to Alice about what it's like as a female fan of Metal Gear and kind of her uh, observations. Um, and then the extra op number four will come out the Monday after that. Um, let me see here. So that makes it the Monday of the 31st. Ooh, look at that. New Year's Day. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Eve, excuse me, you will get extra op number four, which is Metal Gear Mondays on Metal Gear Mondays. It's just us talking about Metal Gear <laughs> Mondays. Uh, it's it's an interesting listen. Um, and then on January the 7th, you will get the parody games episodes. Um, we might mix that order up. I think what we might do is we might do the listener responses on the 10th. Oh, excuse me. This episode is on the 10th. Listener responses on the 17th. Parody games will probably come out on the 24th as sort of a fun Christmas present for you guys. And then we'll do the 31st and the 7th uh, for the two extra ops. And then the show will be taking a break and be returning uh, first or second week of February. Um, Just keep your eyes glued on social media, but it'll more than likely be February the 4th when we start our Metal Gear Solid uh, remaster season. But yeah, so sorry about that. Kind of stumbled across that. But coming up next is the listener response episode and then parody games. Isaac, do you remember what games we're talking about for that parody games episode? Uh, Yeah, actually, um, I've been playing a lot of (laughs) uh, Never Stop Sneaking. Yeah, me too. And um, it's a pretty good uh, mindless game, if you will. It's a little repetitive, a lot repetitive. Yeah, it's extremely repetitive. Very repetitive. (laughs) <laughs> actually yeah uh, but it's definitely watch tv and play this yeah the game or like um you can play with one hand oh yeah for real, exactly yeah. i was like oh wait you don't even need your right hand for half of this yeah. game when it uh we'll talk about it more on the episode yeah. but when it when it gets going though it's actually pretty fast and fun yeah it's a it's um, a good mindless game it's fun but yeah so we're covering never stop sneaking and then what are the other two uh, something about santa and something. Uh, Mary, Mary Gear Solid. Mary Gear Solid. <laughs> there you go, guys. Um, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Stealth Bastard. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking about some Metal Gear inspired kind of somewhat parody. I mean, three out of those four are definitely parody Metal Gear. The fourth one is like Metal Gear inspired, but very goofy mm. as well. Um, but yeah, so we'll be talking about that um, on December the 24th, Christmas Eve. Um, and yeah. It'll be good. I am looking forward to those episodes. Um, if you would like to support the show, you can visit us at patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. Um, I apologize for the frazzled hosting on this episode. Again, I'm on a bunch of medicine, but hopefully there, this was enjoyable for you. Um, you can, at $2 a month uh, or more, you can unlock the Patron Club podcast, which we sort of alluded to. Um, last episode, uh, episode 11 we did, was on the 2018 God of War, um, and we will be doing episode 12, which will be coming out on December the 15th, on our uh, Games of the Year, be them uh, 2018 Game of the Year picks or games that came out whenever that we just played in 2018. Um we're also going to. I'm going to assign a bunch of generic, very strange, weird awards that we have to give out to games. <laughs> so hopefully, between all of us, we have enough games between us that we can award something to these to these awards. So we'll be having our own uh, game awards, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, if you 
want any sort of merchandise like t-shirts, um, Sam Wright has put together a fantastic uh, shop. It is uh, bit.ly slash MGM store. It's actually really cool. And big announcement here. Uh, if you guys go to bit.ly slash just a box, um, that is an Amazon affiliate link. And anything you buy off of that will give us a kickback. Oh. Um, you don't have to pay any more money than you normally do but anytime you buy anything on amazon just remember it's just a box bit.ly slash just a box it's just Um, a box you uh you will be helping your friends out at metal gear mondays while buying the thing that you want which is pretty cool um but yeah so i'm really excited about that and um as we move forward i will have some continuing cool announcements that will be happening at the top of the year next year um, and I promise I will stop talking soon. Isaac, uh, what do you want people to check out this week? Um, and where can people find you? Um, well, you know, me, as always, you can find me at doesn't have a twit. That's doesn't have a twit on Twitter. Um, that's uh, about all that I have going on. <laughs> I've wow. been stuck at work every day this week. Till like seven or eight, so I'm. Oh man, I'm very, I'm very tired. I'm sorry to um, hear that. But um, I've, I found that I um. Well, I know this about myself, but <clears throat> I had this uh, epiphany, realization. Um, I my sweet tooth is off the chain right now. Whoa, dude! <laughs> so, don't give me any candy because I will eat the whole bag. And I will have no regrets. I like that. I like that. (laughs) Um, You can find me at AC Summerfield on Twitter or acsummerfield.com. I, for a moment, was doing a bunch of retrospectives on film projects. I think I'll start that back up soon. Um, It's been hard to write with how gross I've been feeling. Um, But my cool thing, I don't know. Um, Battle.net hit me hard. Blizzard hit me hard, Isaac, when they gave out that Destiny 2 for free. Um, dude, I might've, uh, I'm so embarrassed, Uh-oh. but I feel like I just need to say this out loud. <laughs> um, I might've gone from like level one to level 50 with a power level of like 520 in like a what? week and a half. <laughs> like I'm like legitimately in like end game content doing like raids and shit uh, now in destiny. Holy too. crap. <laughs> uh, I don't know why dude. It like, it hit me. Like, I think I just happened to get like that MMO itch yeah, yeah, yeah. at just the right time. Are you just playing? Um, it feels so good to shoot shit in that right? game. Are you playing by yourself or? Um, yeah. So honestly, uh, there's a guy that I play with who I used to work with named Joe, and he and I will hop on from time to time just to do some of those three man raids. Uh-huh. Um, what sucks is it'll pair you up with random people for the three person raids. Um, but if you want to do any of the hardcore, like high level stuff um, with a group of three, you have to have like. A group of three that you put together manually hmm. um so me and joe are looking for somebody so if you play destiny 2 specifically on pc hit us up um but uh it's fun it honestly like it sounds like a lot that i got to level cap and did all that stuff but uh it didn't take me very long at all honestly it just like maybe five or six days of just kind of playing in the afternoon yeah. um i don't know it's good i like it it's a lot of fun uh and uh, it's been scratching an itch so I would recommend Destiny 2 on the PC. Nice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's been our show. Um, 
I don't. How are we getting out of here these days? Uh, uh, buy something uh, at our Amazon link. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Yeah, we now have that forever. It's uh, bit.ly slash. Just a box. 